Hey everyone, welcome to the Tuya Christian Fellowship Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to give online, see upcoming events, or view our service times, please visit our website at tcf.church. Hey, I want to welcome you to the fourth service of the week. The fourth service of the week. We had uh, Wednesday night Ground Zero, Wednesday night uh, Power Kids, Thursday night. uh, We had a great service. We had about 50 people here uh, on Thursday night, and I'm so grateful for those folks that are coming out. And then, of course, this morning, and then we have one more right after this uh, at 1045. So we're doing five services a week. Uh, It's amazing what God's doing here. Amen. Amen. We had 100 teenagers in Ground Zero this last week. We had 100 uh, kids in Power Kids uh, this last week. Uh, Each week in Power Kids, we pray for students, and we have them come up based on their grade. And so this last Wednesday, we had fifth graders come up, and they lined up down at Power Kids. They lined up all the way across the front of the stage, and then our adult leaders come up, and we lay hands on them, and we pray over them. Listen, God is doing amazing things. And I'm grateful for y'all, thankful for all that you're doing. Uh, We had a great time Wednesday night in Ground Zero. When that service is at Power Kids is over, then I come down here, and uh, God's doing amazing things, and I'm thankful. Amen? That was pretty weak. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We're going to continue to talk about vision this morning. Here's what we have found out. We have found out that a vision, number one, it's a dream. Okay? Uh, the parking lot outside that you walked on uh, this morning, that, is a, that was a 10-year dream. Okay, do you remember when it was cliche? Do you remember when it was dirt? you remember when the grass wasn't very good? Uh, well, that was a 10-year dream in my heart. Uh, the uh, Power Kids building down the street, uh, I drove by there one day, and God spoke to me in my heart, and he said, Power Kids is going to be down here. The only thing he left out was that it would take seven years for it to happen. Uh, so that was a seven-year dream. So a vision is a dream. It's also something seen. Now, it's not seen with your physical eyes. It is seen with the eyes of your heart. The Bible says in Hebrews that faith is the evidence of things not seen. See, a vision is something in your life that you don't see yet physically, but you can see it in your heart. You see it spiritually. That's, that's the definition of faith. Then the third thing it is, is it's something conceived, something birthed on the inside of you, okay? And then God wants to bring that to pass in your life. Uh, we found out in Proverbs uh, that God said, without a vision, my people perish. It's important to have a vision in your life. You know, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Amen? All right, another translation says that uh, people that don't have any vision cast off for strength. What does that mean? Well, that means everybody pulls in their own direction. Everybody does their own thing. See, if we're all doing our own thing in church, we don't get anywhere. Uh, If in your family, everybody's doing their own thing, you don't get anywhere. But when we all pull together, that's what uh, Habakkuk 2.2 says. It says that when you have a vision or you have a dream, you're supposed to do three simple things. And we do it here every January. What are you supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to write it down, make it plain, and run with it. Write it down, 
Make it plain and run with it. Now, the truths in these verses right here, if you'll incorporate them into your life, they literally will change your life. All right, then something else we found out is one idea from God can transform your life. One idea from God can transform your life. Proverbs 6.30 talked about thieves. You remember we talked about it? That uh, when a thief comes and steals something, that they have to repay seven times. Now, that may seem a little random, but what did we talk about? Well, we talked about how Jesus identified the devil as a thief. I would bet everybody in this room has had something stolen in their life. Now, I'm not talking about your bicycle or your skateboard or your car. I'm talking about something way more valuable than that. My father died when I was 18 years old. He was stolen from us. Okay, then my mother never really recovered from that, and my relationship with her was stolen. Okay, and the devil was involved in every one of those events. Okay, every single person in this room, maybe you've had your health stolen, maybe you've had financial issues, but everybody's had something stolen. Now, here's what it says in Proverbs it says, Jesus said the enemy is going to try to steal, but then when he does, God wants to pay you back sevenfold. He wants to pay you back seven times. Now, here's what we found out about seven. Seven in the Bible means completion and perfection. You know God's a restorer, right? And you know what God's doing? He's wanting to restore your life. He's taking us all on a journey of restoration, on a journey of wholeness, and on a journey of healing. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. So anytime you see the number seven in the Bible, it means completion. So anything that's been stolen from you, God wants to restore it, not just back the way it was, but better than the way it was. He wants to restore it back to you sevenfold. Now don't miss this. God's business is restoration. You see, every single one of us in one way or another are broken and God wants to do what? Well, he wants to restore my life. He wants to restore your life. He wants to restore your children's lives. So whatever's going on in your life, he wants to restore it. Now, Jeremiah thirty seventeen says two things. God said, I will restore your health and I will heal your wounds. I will restore your health and I will heal your wounds. Now, that means two things. Obviously, health is pretty, pretty simple God wants to restore our physical health, but then he also wants to restore and heal your wounds. Now, that can be a physical wound. I'm not saying that it can't be, but I believe more than that, it's a wound in your heart. It's something, see, when my father died, I was wounded, okay? I was wounded in my heart, and it took God to restore it. Are you with me? Okay, listen, time fixes nothing, Okay, my father's been dead 45 years, and I could still be angry, I could still be hurt, I could still be bitter. Time doesn't fix anything. What restores things is God. And God says, hey, Rusty, I want to restore you, I want to heal your wounds, and I want to restore your joy. What does the Scripture say? The Scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is a power of the Spirit of God. It's a source of strength. The scripture says so. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God wants to strengthen you with his supernatural joy. Now, we're talking about vision. God wants to give you a dream. You may already have a dream. All right, I don't know what you've done with your dreams. Maybe you've put them up. Maybe you got tired of waiting on them. Maybe you got discouraged. 
All of us have faced that. We have found out that, of course, we know we're ending a year. You know, we're 90 days from a new decade. 90 days from a new decade. Uh, my question is, first off, where'd that last decade go, amen? All right, here's what I found out. This is really interesting. The number 19 in the Bible means the close of a season. So as we go through 2019, as we go through this year and this decade, it's the closing of a season in your life. Then the, the number 20 means completeness. Now, now, here's what God stirred in my heart. You know, it's a lot like uh, conceiving, and that's what vision is, is conceiving. Okay, when, when a woman becomes pregnant with a child, well, we know the first thing she does is she carries the promise of that child in her womb for nine months. Then at the end of that nine months, she has a period of labor, and then when the labor is finished, a child is born. The Scripture says joy comes in the morning. Okay, your dreams, a vision is a lot the same way. You see, you carry dreams on the inside of you. You carry them in your heart. Power Kids was a dream. The parking lot was a dream. This building was a dream. Me sitting on this chair preaching to you and you actually sitting and listening is, was a dream. Amen? You know, when I was in Bible school, I couldn't buy a place to preach. Nobody wanted to hear me say anything. And I've said before, we'd get together with our friends at our apartment and we'd put two igloo ice chests together to make an impromptu podium. And I got a real one this morning. And we'd put our Bibles on there, and they'd sit on the couch, and we'd preach to each other. I only dreamed of doing what I'm doing this morning. But you see, God put that on the inside of me. Now, your dreams are not my dreams, but you do have dreams, amen? So here's what's going on right now that I want you to understand. Everybody in here is carrying something on the inside of them. And what's stirring in my heart is as we move, <coughs> excuse me, as we move out of this season, this decade, God wants to begin to bring to pass some of the dreams that you have in your life. Now, don't miss this. God has dropped it inside of you. He's conceived it. You've been going through a season of carrying your dreams on the inside of you. You're about to enter into a season of labor, and God then is gonna give you supernatural birth. Now, I want to read a story to you this morning, and it's found in Genesis 15, and I'm going to show you a truth that will help you as you're on this journey of your dreams. Now, we're going to eavesdrop this morning. We're going to eavesdrop on an old farmer and God. There's a guy named Abram. Later on, his name is Abraham. And he's a sheep herder, he's got cattle, he's got land, uh, he's got servants, he, he's a farmer, okay? He's just like us. He's normal, a normal everyday guy. And he's an idol worshiper. And God shows up in his life and begins to talk to him. Now, he doesn't know who God is. Are you, are you with me? Okay, they were idol worshipers. He went to his dad later on in the story and said, hey, dad, I talked to God, and God said we're supposed to move. And you know what I bet his dad said? Which God? Which one have you been talking to? And Abraham said, well, I, I was talking to the one true God. So we're going to eavesdrop on a conversation they have, <clears throat> and I want you to follow along with me, and I want to show you a very powerful truth that will help you on your journey. 
Listen, if you've got a vision, if you've got a dream, if you've got something on the inside of you and you feel like, hey, it hadn't come to pass like I wanted it to, I'm gonna show you a very powerful truth this morning that'll help get you down the road of where you wanna go. So let me start in Genesis 15, verse one. Now, let me stop and say one more thing before I start reading. There is a lot going on in Genesis 15, and I cannot talk about all of it. And if you don't know a lot about Genesis 15, you'll be fine. If you do know something about it, you may think, well, hey, how come he didn't say something about that? Well, I'm not saying anything about it because I'm, I don't have time. Amen? All right, let me read. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Hey, there's that farmer. In a vision. Oh, hey, God's going to give him a vision. Isn't that interesting? God's going to birth something on the inside of him. And here's what he says to him. Abram, don't be afraid. Now, the Bible says in the New Testament that the promises of Abraham belong to you. So everything I'm reading here, every time God makes a promise to Abraham, it belongs to you. Have you ever heard anybody say to you, oh, you can't have that, that belongs to the Jews? Well, the Scripture says that if you know Jesus as your Savior, you're Jewish. You're Jewish on the inside. That Abraham's blessings belong to us. Amen? All right. So God says to him, hey, number one, don't be afraid. I like that. You ever been afraid? I've been afraid. Don't be afraid. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Now, I could preach for six weeks on that one sentence. God says to him, and God is saying to you this morning, hey, I want to be your shield and I want to be your exceeding great reward. And here's what Abram said to him. Lord God, <clears throat> what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Now stop right there. In those days when you died, if you didn't have any children, everything you had went to your highest servant. Okay, Abram and Sarah are married, but they don't have children. They're childless. And so God says, hey, I'm going to bless you big time. You know what Abram says? So what? What good's it going to do me? I don't have any kids. Everything I have is going to go to Eleazar of Damascus. So what does it matter if you give me a bunch of stuff and you bless me? That's what he says. Listen to the next sentence. Then Abram said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. He makes a statement. Then behold, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Now stop right there. Now, I want you to see something really powerful in just these couple of sentences. He's talking to a man in his 90s. All right, don't miss that. They're both old, and they have no children. And God says, Eleazar is not going to be your heir. You and your wife are going to have a baby. Now, if that's going to happen, it's going to have to be supernatural. Now, not supernatural like Mary, okay? Not that kind of supernatural, but supernatural nonetheless. They're old. And God says, hey, I'm going to give you a child. Then he says to him, go outside, look up in the night sky, and look at the stars. 
And if you can count them, that's how many descendants, that's how many heirs you're going to have. Now, can you imagine what the stars looked like in the Middle East in this time? I can stand out on my driveway at night right here in Tulia and see the stars really well. And when I go out there sometimes, if I will take time to stand still, you can see the satellites go over. You can actually watch them go across the night sky. That's in Tulia. Imagine being in the Middle East in the desert and there's no lights and how dark it was and how many stars there were. Now, here's what he says. All the stars you see are how many children you're going to have. Now, here's the crazy thing. You and I are those children. You and I are those children. Now, we're not his physical heirs. We're his spiritual heirs. If you know Jesus as your Savior, Abraham is your spiritual father. So we are the fulfillment of that promise. Now, listen to the next sentence. This is so good. It says, and he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Abraham was made righteous the very same way you are made righteous. Now don't miss this. The scripture says in the New Testament that if you know Jesus as your savior, you're righteous. What does that mean? That means you're in right standing with God. God's not mad at you. And he's not ever going to be mad at you. If you've invited Christ into your life, at that moment you became righteous. Listen, I became righteous when I was 12 years old. I was sitting on my mother's couch in our living room at 2722 Nebraska in Amarillo, Texas. The Baptist pastor came to our home, and he shared the gospel with us, and he said, do you want to be saved? And I said, I believe I'll have some of that. At that moment, I was made righteous. Listen, now don't miss this, and I've never done anything since then to become righteous more righteous. The moment I was born again, I was put in right standing with God. Have I matured? I hope so. Have I grown spiritually? I hope so. But there's nothing you can do to make yourself more righteous or make yourself more in right standing with God. The moment it's done, it's done completely. Your past is forgiven, your present is forgiven, your future is forgiven. And at that moment, you're made righteous. Why? How? Abraham was made righteous because he believed. Now, Abraham lived 1,800 years before Jesus died on the cross. You and I live 2,000 years after Jesus died on the cross. Abraham's on this end, you and I are on this end, and Jesus and the cross are in the middle. Are you with me? Abraham, listen, God showed up and said, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be your shield. I'm going to be your great reward. I'm going to give you a bunch of kids. It's going to be so good. We're going to have a blast. You know what Abram said? I believe I'll have some of that. And at that moment, he was made right standing with God. You did the very same thing. I heard the good news of the gospel. You heard the good news of the gospel. And the moment you believed, you were made righteous. 
Well, how was Abram made righteous? Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. It was a promissory note. You see, you and I live after the cross. The moment you hear the gospel, you're born again instantly. Abraham believed. God made him righteous. And then when Jesus died on the cross, it was all finished and done. Are you with me? Man, this is good stuff. This will change your life. You know what it does? It changes how you pray. It changes how you live. It changes everything. Now, let me keep reading. I'm out of time. My gosh, it's 956. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of Chaldees. That's where he lived. To give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord, how do I know I'm going to inherit it? In other words, how do I know you're going to do what you say you're going to do? Now, don't miss this. So he said, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought all these to him. He cut them in two down the middle. He placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. Stop right there. Now, I'm out of time. Here's all you need to know. They were cutting blood covenant. Abraham said, hey, God, how do I know you're going to do this? God said, get me a goat, get me a heifer, uh, get me a ram, get a turtle dove, and get a pigeon. He cut them in half and laid their pieces out. Abraham knew instantly what he was doing. He was cutting covenant with God. Are you with me? That's, that's how Abraham knew God was going to do what he said he was going to do. He cuts covenant with him. Now, I read all of that for this next verse. This is what, what I want you to see this morning. It says, and when the vultures came down, another translation says, when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, here's what I want you to see. How much time have I got? I've got plenty of time. Here's what I want you to see. Everybody in this room has visions. Everybody in this room has dreams. If you don't, I pray you get some. God wants to do things in your life. I had a dream for Power Kids. I had a dream for this parking lot. I've had all kinds of dreams. But here's what happens. You get tired, you get weary, you get discouraged, and sometimes you put them up. When Abram cut the animals in half, he had to drive the vultures off the sacrifice. What does that have to do with me at all? Okay, when God gives you a promise, there are times in your life you have to drive the vultures off your promise. You have to stand your ground. You have to continue to trust God. You have to continue to feed your faith and starve your doubts. You have to continue to resist the devil. The devil shows up and says, hey, you're never going to have a parking lot. Hey, you're never going to be healed. Hey, you're never going to have a good marriage. Hey, your kids are never going to come back to God. Hey, you're whatever, right? We could go on and on and on. Hey, uh, that building down there is never going to be power kids. I went over and talked to the pastor at another church in town before we got that building to see what he thought, and it was a mistake. You know what he said? Good luck. Hey, we're wanting to buy that building for power kids. Good luck. Good luck. He had a couple of vultures in his office. He had a couple outside in the parking lot. Right? Have you ever had any vultures in your life? Hey, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish college. and Man, I, I want to get my education, and, and I want to be a teacher. G good luck. 
Come on. The devil's always standing pretty close to tell you uh, you're disqualified. Uh, you don't have enough education. You're not the right age. Uh, you're from the wrong family. Uh, you're not the right color. Uh, you're not from the right part of the country, right? All right, you know what he did? He drove off the vultures, and you have to do the same thing. How do you do it? Well, you don't do it with your fists. You do it with your mouth. The Bible says that if you resist the devil, he has to flee. Devil, get off my dream, get off my family, get off my body, get off my promises, get off. And stir up and encourage yourself in the Lord. Father God, thank you that you are bringing to pass in my life the promises that you've given me, the dreams you've placed on the inside of my heart. My vision, my dream, my hope is coming to pass. Amen? Amen. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you this morning for your promises. Father God, I want to thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Father, we want to stand fast. We want to stand strong on your promises. Lord, that you are at work in our lives, that your promises are true. They are yes and amen in Jesus. And Lord, we don't give up. We don't get tired. Your scripture says we don't grow weary in well-doing that we'll reap if we faint not. Father, strengthen us today. Refresh us today to continue to stand, to see your promises fulfilled, to see your visions, your dreams fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Y'all stand up.